in 2009, I was leading a missions trip of about 40 young adults to the nation of Nicaragua. And as we were in that nation, it was in a, it was in a particular season of some political unrest as President Daniel Ortega had just been reelected in, 20, uh, or in 2007. And he had come back into power after being disposed previously in an election and was trying to cement a, a second term and a new legacy. And in fact, while we were there, he had assembled various and sundry dictators from Caribbean and Latin American uh, nations. And the Castros were there and others were there. Uh, during that time, Chavez and, and, and others were gathered at the very same time we were in uh, Nicaragua. And as we were traveling throughout the the area, it was on lockdown. I mean, it was probably the safest time to be there because they had marshaled some 20,000 soldiers that were in the streets keeping everything, uh, you know, at peace and quiet for all of these other presidents and dictators that were in town. And so we were just there doing missions work. And uh, the missionary that had been there some 20 years at the time had warned us, and the local pastors had warned us, that uh, there were checkpoints that were being run by the military, which were good. And they were making sure that no rebels got into the city and so forth. But Every once in a while, there may be a checkpoint that was not good. It was not run by the military. It would be have the appearance of being run by the military or the Nicaraguan National Police. But you would have to be very, very careful because it wasn't run by them. It was bandits. It was rebels. And they would rob you. Uh, sometimes they would kidnap you. They would hold you for ransom. Uh, uh, and, and it could be a very bad situation. And so, uh, of course, that put all of our, our young adults and, uh, on, on a little higher level. We had chartered a bus and had a very experienced driver that the church there had a long-standing relationship with. And as we were driving for the first few days, there was no problems, no issues, no worries. They told us if you come upon a, a checkpoint, look at the shoes of the soldiers or the police officers at the checkpoint. Because if their shoes are black military-style boots and their, their pants are tucked into the boots, those are a more expensive boot and they're military issue or national police issue. And, and that's the, the dress code to have them tucked in like that. And so you know you're in a good checkpoint. But they told us, beware, if you are approaching a checkpoint that is uh, a checkpoint where they look like police or they look like soldiers and they have tennis shoes or any other casual shoe on, do anything you, do, you can do to not go to that checkpoint, to not stop at that checkpoint because they're going to try to board your bus, they're going to try to take your passports, they're going to try to rob you, they may even try to take somebody, they may try to hold you for ransom, which is a really wonderful thought, you know, to consider as you're driving about the country. And some of you are sitting here thinking, you know, I've thought about missions work, but now I think I'm good. I think I just heard from God and I'm good. And so we were... We were driving one day, and as, as we approached a checkpoint, of course, we're looking, and the bus driver even had a set of binoculars up there. Of course, he wouldn't drive while using them, but one of us would get on and use them. And as we approached this checkpoint, uh, there were barricades that they had put in the road, so we had no choice uh, but to kind of slow down at least. And as we started to slow down, we seen them step out with their AK-47s and their automatic rifles that they stepped out, and they tried to wave us down and stop us. And I ne I'll never forget, looking down, and seeing them wearing all kinds of dirty tennis shoes. I thought, oh, 
Jesus, be a fence. They stopped our bus. And they're holding rifles at us. You know, you kind of, you, you stop. So the bus driver stops. Immediately when he stops, he, he bars the door and had a lock that he put over the door. They tried to open the door and they're talking to us. And he opens the window a, a crack. And, 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 and this conversation ensued that it's really hard to describe if you were not there. We had yelled and the bus driver had yelled to everybody else that was on the bus to, to duck down and get down between the seats. And, and, you know, when you're in a place like that and the bus driver says, everybody get down between your seats and take cover, that's another really warm, fuzzy, positive, uplifting feeling. <laughs> so he tells, he tells everybody to take cover. He tells everybody to get down between the seats. And, 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 and so it's just the bus driver and myself, and the missionary was not on board with us at the time. And so it's the bus driver who was bilingual and myself who was uh, unolingual, and and we're trying to talk to these guys who are also, a couple of them are bilingual, and they're telling us, you have to let us board the bus, this is an official checkpoint, and we have to check your passports. Now, the only thing that kept playing through my head when we were at this stop is that the missionary had told us, if you see tennis shoes, don't stop and don't slow down, keep going move around, get past them, run over them if you have to, but keep going. But we stopped. And, and, and so I, I keep playing, man, if we had to do this over again, if we had to do this over again. And this argument goes on between the bus driver and myself and the man at the window holding a very nice, shiny automatic rifle. And, and he's demanding that we, we can't go forward until they come on and check our passports. And, and we're telling him, no, we're not. We're going to drive on. And, and we're arguing and we're yelling and he's cursing at us. And we're, no, I'm not just kidding. We're not cursing at him. But he's cursing at us. Just making sure you're listening. Uh, he's cursing at us. And, and we're, we're telling him we're not stopping. And, and, and finally, you know, it just came over, came over. I, 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 I screamed at him. I said, we're going to run you over if you don't move. He said, I'll shoot you. I said, well, you're going to have to shoot us because if you don't shoot us, we're going to run you over or you're going to get out of the way because we're moving. And the bus driver dropped that thing in gear and he started to inch forward. I mean, they started hitting the bus. I mean, like they're going to stop a bus, right? They're afraid to shoot us though because gunshots start going off and then military and police and they're negotiating with us as we're creeping. I I mean, we're just going like this, and they're yelling, saying, just hand us your passports through the window. We can check your passports through the window, and, and we're screaming, not on your life. We have a mission. We were headed into the city. We were going to church, but, but this, this whole dangerous episode played out on the outside of the city. Before you get inside the, the city limits, that's where they told us to be worried about, and that's what they had warned us about, that it's outside of the city that these checkpoints will pop up and if you stop at them you're likely to never even make it into the city and I'm telling you when I tell you as sure as I'm standing here you could hear some of these young people praying in the Holy Ghost back on that bus in that time in fact these guys were looking as they're yelling and hollering and cussing and I mean you know we're hollering I'm, I'm screaming back at them we are going we're not stopping and I mean you're pastor's red in the face and yelling at these guys and the bus drivers scream. He might have been cussing at him. I don't speak Spanish so he, he may have been cussing at him. And 
And this whole tense episode, there's this sound of prayer going from the back of the bus, man. And some of them that hadn't prayed in all the three church services we had been at, man, they were praying through now, man. <laughs> this, this, this was a gift from God because they might never have broke through had we got, not got stopped by the bandits. We kept inching. Finally, they got out of the way, and they're hitting our bus as, as we go. And, and thankfully, there were no shots fired, no holes, no bullet holes. And, uh, and we made it through. And as we made it through, man, I remember when we got onto the other side, uh, they, they, we had a little worship service on that bus, man. They were clapping and worshiping and praying, and we had a grand old time. We had the best church service that night that we had had that entire trip because everybody was prayed up. The dangerous, the dangerous situation unfolded when we failed to heed the instructions. Don't stop and don't slow down. Can I tell you, as you approach the things of God in your life, there is always an adversary that would wish for you to, at the very least, pump the brakes, but would really be delighted if you would stop your growth, your progress, your forward motion in the kingdom. And I've come to preach this morning the burden of my heart and to perhaps sound an alarm for someone that if you are moving forward in your relationship with God, you may be moving fast, you may be moving slow, you may be going 60 miles an hour, you may be barely at a crawl, but if there is progress in your walk with God, I've come to challenge you, don't stop, don't slow down, don't even pump the brake, God has more for you than you have tapped into yet. But if you're going to see it and if you're going to seize it, you've got to be willing to keep your foot on the gas and keep on going. Come on, if that's what you want to do, clap your hands to the Lord one time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The Bible says in the text that we read in verse 2 of 2 Samuel 15 that Absalom, this man Absalom, Absalom was the son of David, but it would be Absalom that would lead a rebellion against his own father. And Absalom, the Bible says, he, he perched himself. He was not happy with his place in the kingdom. He was not happy with the duties and the abilities and the responsibilities that his father David had given him. And certainly it's a story, it's a message all on its own. He was not happy with the communication with his father over the last two years as he had been brought back into the city. And the Bible says that what Absalom did is he took it upon himself to perch himself at the outskirts of the city, just like uh, the bandits in Nicaragua. He perched himself on the outskirts of the gates of the city. And the Bible says he would wake up early in the morning. He'd wake up early. I know some of y'all get up early to come to church, but let me tell you, your adversary gets up before you two to distract you, uh, to deter you, uh, and to try to stop you. 
How many know you can wake up for work uh, and get going on your day sometimes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a lot easier than you get going to church on a Sunday morning? Why? Because there's an Absalom that rises up early in the morning, uh, and he's going to meet you at the gate and try to stop you. And the Bible says uh, that Absalom called to them. He called to them in verse 2. He called to them, uh, and he would just simply strike up a conversation with them. He would say, what city are you from? Where are you from? Uh, what, what's, what's your purpose? Why? Why do you want to talk to the king? Now, again, it's a message all on its own. Absalom's strategy, or Absalom's purpose and problem was he was self-centered. Absalom wanted to distract people's attention from the king, and he wanted to bring people's attention to himself. Absalom had a jealousy issue. Absalom had an obedience issue. Absalom had a submission issue. All issues that we see prevalent in our day today in Absalom Used, allowed those issues uh, to dig deep into his soul and those issues begin to cause him to use the people uh, and to distract them from their loyalty to the king. And as he would talk to them, the Bible says Absalom would begin to ask them, hey, what are you going to see the king about? Why are you even going to talk to the king? And as they would tell him while they were going to talk to the king, he would begin to discuss those matters with him. Can I, can I just pause here and tell you uh, that you ought to be very weary and very aware of anybody that tries to distract you from getting in the presence uh, of the King of Kings. You ought to be weary and aware. Well, let me just take it a step further. You ought to be real cautious about anybody that tries to distract you when others are going to the throne room, when others are getting in the presence of the king. You ought to be very weary and very aware of anybody that tries to grab and harness your attention away from the king. Well... And it happens in services just like this one. When the presence of God is moving, when the Spirit of God is rich in this place like it has been already this morning, that something will happen over here. Or something will happen over there. Or, or, or brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so gets up and moves from here to there. Or somebody does something or maybe somebody even comes up and tries to talk to you. I know it's never happened here, but just say amen like it's happened sometime somewhere. Somebody will try to talk to you. Somebody will try to carry on a conversation with you. Be very, very, very aware of anything that the adversary would use to distract you from pursuing an audience with the king. Hey, that's the reason we're here today. That's the reason we gather together is to worship him in spirit and truth. That's why we're here is to gain audience with the king of kings. Don't let anybody deter you. Don't let anybody distract you. I, I don't care who they are. I don't care what it is. I don't care. You ought to just say, you know what? I've got a mission. I'm on a mission to have an audience with the king and there is nothing that I'm going to be distracted with. Nothing I'm going to get sidetracked by. I've come for one reason and one reason. Mm. 
Come on. I didn't come to see what you look like today. I didn't come to see what outfit you're wearing. I didn't come to see what you, how you did your hair today. I didn't come. I'm, I'm glad I get to shake your hand. I'm glad we get to fellowship and make friends. But I didn't come just to see you. I could go to McDonald's and meet you. I came here to see him. I came here to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know what? When you get an attitude like that, uh, you don't let anybody distract you. Uh, you don't let anybody talk you out of it. Uh, you don't let anybody deter you. My goodness. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Hear me now. Some of you, I, I, I've actually got up in church. I've actually, when I've been at meetings and I'm sitting next to somebody talking my ear off during church, I've actually got up, excused myself, and moved somewhere else. Now, don't worry, we're not going to play a game of upset the fruit basket, okay? You're all right, stay where you're at. Some of you are looking at your spouse like, quit. No, no, come on, don't, 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 you don't need marriage counseling after this, okay? Uh, but, but you got to be careful. You got to be careful what you give your ear to. Because the enemy will use common things to distract you. It was common problems that they were bringing to the king. It was common issues that they were coming for judgment on the king. It was common issues that they were coming and seeking the judicial system of Israel to have influence or to weigh in on their matters and their cause. And so it was in the common things that they were distracted. We got to be careful that we don't let the common and the carnal distract us from the spiritual and the supernatural. Supernatural. The Bible says that Jesus came to the city and they missed their day of visitation. Why? Because they were not aware he was even there. They were not aware why he was there. Oh God, give us a sense of spiritual awareness. Give us a sense of spiritual awareness that we can know that your presence is here and we can sense that you are here for a reason and you are here for a divine cause. You know what the enemy did? The enemy didn't just try to stop them and slow them down. He said, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to just tell you. He said, I hate to break it to you. I'm putting it in my English. He said, I hate to break it to you, but the king doesn't have time for you. The enemy is a liar. Now, if we could just be honest, how many have ever come to church and been in the presence of God just like this, and the enemy has whispered in your ear and said, God doesn't have time for that today? Come on. How many have ever been in the presence of God and the enemy whispered in your ear and said, God doesn't really have time. God's not going to heal you. God's not going to touch you. God's not going to change you. What's he trying to do? If he can get you just thinking one or two negative thoughts, it can halt your progress in a service like this. It can halt your worship in a service like this. He knew, the Absalom knows, the Absaloms of your life know that if the, if, if the enemy can get you distracted thinking God doesn't have time for you, 
you, then he can get you to give up before you ever get to the throne room, before you ever get in the city, before you ever get in the king's chamber. But I've come to tell you the devil is a liar and he is the father of all lies. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles and he is a respecter of worship. And if you're willing to worship your way into his presence, you'll get there every time. If you're willing to seek your way into his presence, you'll get there every time. If you're willing to let every distraction go by the side and say, I've got a mission, and that is to seek the king, you'll get in his presence every single time. The Bible says that you must believe that he is and that he is what? He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you'll get it made up in your mind today, I am not leaving this place until I touch the king's throne. I am not leaving this place until I contact his presence. Then you'll make up in your mind that today is going to be the difference. Today is going to be the day that you step into that new place. Uh, This is going to be the moment uh, that you get to that place of renewal, uh, to get that place of restoration in your life. Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice to him right now. Hallelujah. 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 I'm preaching that Absalom's strategy is Lucifer's strategy. Absalom's strategy is Satan's strategy. He wants to distract you. Why? Because Absalom knew what it was like to be in the king's throne room. He knew what it was like to be in the chamber of the king. He had grown up there. He had grown up watching his father work, watching his father execute judgment, watching his father give give encouragement, watching his father pronounce blessings. And Absalom knew that if these people ever get in the throne room of the king they will be forever loyal to the king and the enemy knows that if you make it to the throne room if you can push past the Sunday morning facade he knows the enemy is scared to death that if you keep growing in your relationship with God and if you get past just the Sunday morning little happy clappy ritual he knows that if you get past the gates and you really get into where the king is that you're never going to want to leave the king's presence and you'll be loyal to the king all the days of your life so somebody ought to make up your mind today the devil is a liar I am not going to stop and I'm not going to slow down I'm going to keep growing and I'm going to keep going I'm going to press my way into the king's chamber I'm going to press my way into the place of his presence I'm going to press my way until I gain an audience with the king come on somebody worship him right now Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I'm ate up with this uh, because the enemy has been whispering in some of your ears. Uh, I'm ate up with this. Couldn't hardly sleep last night. Not because of the thunder and the tornado sirens, uh, but because I couldn't help uh, but be ate up uh, with a bunch of you uh, that are growing in your relationship with God. And maybe you're not where you need to be, uh, but thank God you're not where you used to be. uh, And the enemy... 
And can I just tell you that around the sanctuary, we don't celebrate perfection ever because none of us reaches perfection. But we do celebrate progress. And I do celebrate your progress in the kingdom of God. Hey, if you're here and you didn't, if you're here and you never even used to come to church, you've never really come to church, but you just kind of started coming once every few weeks, I celebrate that progress today. If you're here and you used to only come about every other week, but now you got it down to about every week that you're coming, I celebrate your progress in the. Hey. If you're here and you used to sit back there like a bump on a dill pickle the entire service, but now at least while the worship team's up here, you kind of get a little clap going on, I celebrate that progress. If you're here and you get a little clap with the worship, but you never used to bark back at the preacher, but now you're getting a little amen now and then. Every, every once in a while, you're kind of looking at, hey, they say, amen, and you're kind of not even sure you're doing it at the right time or wrong. Hey, there is no wrong time. I celebrate your progress. If you're here and you used to be ate up with bitterness and issues with your brother or your sister and it used to negatively affect your worship, it used to negatively affect your participation, it used to negatively affect your faithfulness, and maybe you're not even over it all yet. Maybe you haven't even worked it all out of your spirit yet, but you've started moving in the right direction. You've started praying prayers of forgiveness, and you've started asking the Lord to help I celebrate your progress. Maybe you never used to come to the altar. You're here, but you never used to come to the altar and pray. But once or twice lately, you've kind of slipped in in one of those red-hot services. And you say, man, I'll probably never be one of those people who goes to the altar every Sunday. But I've went a couple of times and prayed. Hey, I celebrate your progress today. But what I am preaching is that the enemy wants to stop your progress. He wants to distract your forward motion. He wants to stop you at the gate because he is scared to death of what would unfold in your life if you ever pursue into the throne room. He wants to stop the gate. Outside the city, that's the shallow things of God. That's the things of God that come a lot easier. That's the things of God that come a little more natural. He wants to stop you in the shallow things. But the Bible says, deep calleth unto deep. And the call of the Spirit is that God is calling you further. God is calling you deeper. God is calling you into more. And somebody needs to make up your mind right here, right now, that Absalom is not going to stop me. I will not stop and I will not slow down. I will not be deterred. And I will not be denied. I'm going to walk on into the throne room. I'm going to get into the presence of God. Woo. I'm, I'm close and I feel the Holy Ghost here. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now. All across this room is a concert of hunger and desire. Somebody lift up your voice. Jesus. Woo. 
Come on, I'm, I'm preaching against everything that the enemy is trying to use to stop you. For some of you, it's just pure distraction. For some, maybe it's hobbies. For some, it's your finances. For some, it's a problem you have with a brother or a sister. For some, maybe maybe the music's too loud or the music's too quiet or, or it's too exuberant or it's not exuberant enough. Whatever it is that's trying to stop you, you need to make up your mind today. I will not be slown and I will not be stopped. I'm gonna get into the presence of the Lord. <laughs> when you allow the enemy to stop you, when you allow the enemy to stop you, when you allow the enemy to even talk to you, you're committing the same mistake that Eve made in the garden. When that old serpent began to speak to her. Ah, oh, come on. This beautiful tree God said don't eat of, come on. That's silly. That's silly. Don't, 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 don't listen to, I mean, God's afraid you're going to be like him. When you stop and talk to the voices of the serpent, when you stop and negotiate with the spirit of Absalom, you're giving him access to areas and conversations that he has no kingdom authority to access. You are created in the image of God. You are created to be a vessel for His presence. He created you not just to wake up and say, Lord, I know. He created you not just to wake up on Sunday morning and barely drag yourself into church five minutes late. He didn't just create you to sit there and say, well, I went to church. No, he created you to be a vessel where his presence would dwell. He created you to be a seeker. He created you to be a pursuer of his presence. And anything and everything tries to stop you and deter you is nothing more than a voice of Absalom or a voice of the serpent that's trying to take kingdom authority. The voice of the spirit says, come. The voice of the spirit says, drink freely of the water that I shall give. The voice of the spirit says, if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. It's the voice of Absalom that says, you've had enough. Come on, you pursued enough. You've went enough. You've worshiped enough. You've prayed enough. You've attended enough. You've given enough. You've been faithful enough. But I hear the call of the spirit. I hear the call of the throne room today saying, come deeper. I've got more for you. Come deeper. It's in the deep place of God that the hidden treasures are stored. It's in the deep place of God that God's and heaven's greatest treasures are locked up. It's not in the surface. And it's not outside the city gates. It's somebody who will worship their way right into the throne room. It's somebody who will pursue their way right in the presence of the king. 
It's somebody who will forget about who's around them and, and what distractions there are. It's somebody who will forget about what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is saying, and what my friend might think or what my brother might say or what my wife might think or my husband might remark. It's somebody who says, you know what, I'm going to get into the throne room because I believe that when I get audience with the king, when I get audience with the king, that there's going to be some things made clear. When I get audience with the king, that God is going to speak. God is going to touch. God is going to move. The king is in this place right now. Thank you for those that are coming. The king is in this place right now. And I'm inviting anyone that wants more of Jesus in your life. I'm inviting anyone that wants more of Jesus in your life to, to get outside to, to get outside from the gates. Come on. Get away from the gates. Get away from the outskirts of the city. Push past the checkpoint. Come on. He set up a checkpoint at the front door just like they did in Nicaragua that day. He set up a checkpoint saying, go ahead and go, but don't worship. Go ahead and worship, but don't really worship. Go ahead and lift your hands, but don't lift your voice. Go ahead and clap your hands, but don't you dare shed a cheer. He's putting limitations on you, saying don't go any further. But I wish somebody would get in this altar right now and just lift up your voice and begin to go after God with your prayer. Come on. Lift up your voice and begin to go after God with your worship. Lift up your voice and say, I'm not leaving this place until I touch the throne room. I'm not leaving this place until I access the presence of the King for myself. Come on, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. In the name of Jesus, God, right now I pray you take us deeper. God, I pray you would take us deeper in you. I pray you would take us further in you. In the name of Jesus.